0: You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Film Frequency Podcast. I am one of your hosts. The only host on this episode, I'm CEO Hayes, and you're in the building with the one and only. Brrr, See to the motherfucking EEO Hayes. And I'm holding it down for my brother JB still, who is still out on podcast PTO. Shout out to JB. Make sure you guys are still supporting him, uh, following him on Facebook group and everything. He's still he's dropping content just in a different way. So uh be on the lookout for that. I can't wait to have my brother back after he finishes, you know, the stuff he has going on. Um but until then, I'm holding it down solo dolo. Uh, so we got a couple of things to talk about in the news segment. The first thing I want to talk about, now, I know it's been a while since this has dropped. Now some of this stuff has happened a while ago, um, but I haven't got a chance to talk about it yet. So first off, the trailer for Venom Two dropped. Uh, Let there be carnage, and I fucking love it. And here's why. Um, and you know, the, when Venom originally came out, everyone, not everyone, but there was a lot of talk about it can't work. Um, how do you do Venom without Spider-Man? It doesn't make any sense. This movie's going to suck. Movie came out. And while it wasn't anything earth shattering or groundbreaking, it was still very much a really, really good movie, a superhero movie. And I think it was one of those movies that it bridged the gap between a superhero movie and just a normal action movie. Like, um, you know, the it, a movie that's always been like said, that it was like an unofficial Venom movie was the the film Upgrade. Um, and it very much kind of was. Uh, and. You know, Upgrade also wasn't anything earthshattering or groundbreaking, but it had great action scenes um, and it was a story that you could get behind. And Venom was very much similar to that. I enjoyed the first Venom movie very much. This trailer, what it did is that it, it it's very comfortable in what it is now. Like, whereas before when the first Venom movie came out, we were still trying to figure out, like, how is this going to work? We know what to expect. And they kind, of, they. It seems like at least from this trailer that they took what worked in the first movie and they've doubled down on it. They've now made it their thing and they're continuing. Um, and they're going to go forward and that's going to be kind of the brand. And it it looks, it seems like it's going to be a great one. And I love the fact that Carnage is it is brutal. Um, he seems unhinged. Woody Harrelson is a great pick for that. And it just you know from a trailer is supposed to get you excited for a movie. It's not necessarily supposed to give away everything with the plot. You're not supposed to walk away, um, with like knowing everything that's going on. And I feel like the trailer did exactly what it was supposed to do and it increased my excitement for it. But I want to also hear how you guys felt about that, that, uh, Venom 2 trailer, let there be carnage. The second news item that we have today. Um, and this has been going on for a while now, and that is, you know, for those who haven't been living under the rock, um, the rock, a rock, I hope you're not living under the rock, but if you are, then you're probably pretty well paid, but nonetheless, um, scarlett johansson has sued disney um because of the release of black widow um uh, she has accused them of um of it being released on disney plus you know her not getting her cut they have artificially limited the money that she can make out of it disney had one of the most in my opinion unprofessional responses to it by bringing up her pay basically to me coming off as if they're saying hey you've made 20 million dollars so shut the hell up um but You know, at the end of the day, there's a contract being made. Uh, Well, there was a contract made. If Disney is in breach of that contract, then they're in breach of it. And, you know, we've heard things like um, Emma Roberts having issues with uh, Cruella. And, you know, people have asked, well, what does that mean for Jungle Cruise? Like the thing that all this is going to boil down to and the reason why this Scarlet suing Disney, you know, it's big for a couple of reasons. Um, One, and and the reason that I am kind of most interested in is that. You know, Bob Iger um, ran Disney for years and years, and during that time, it seemed like a great company to work for. You know, you look at all the acquisitions Disney made over that time, the fact that, like, they they gave their creators uh, the time and space to really be, um, really kind of just focus on them and just create. You know, you look at what they did with Pixar. They didn't change Pixar much. Disney coming in, they didn't, I mean, sorry, uh, Marvel coming in. They didn't, they really have let Kevin Feige do what he will with, with Marvel and have trusted his vision. And so Bob Shapick, who's taken over for Disney, uh, just in the time that he's been there, we now have one of the bigger scandals in movies. Uh, he was also accused of running um, Disney parks into like making it more contentious. More stuff has come out about executives there, and just like it seems like the and even in Scarlett's, you know, her statement um, when when it was read and it was released, very much said that you know it wasn't Marvel, it was Disney. Then if you look back to it, like. How the whole James Gunn thing, was when he was fired for old tweets, that was Disney, not Marvel who did that. Now he was eventually came came back. And that's the thing with Disney being the conglomerate it is and owning as many companies as what it does. And when you see a company ran at the top and seemingly like because of a change of power, like that whole culture seemingly shifting, it really worries you if if you are invested in the brands that that company owns. What does the future look for that hold? And you know that's what the question is now, one of the more broad topics and conversations that are coming out of this is that what does this mean for the streaming versus theater debate? and I think we all knew um after the pandemic and now with like even every company or production company having a almost having their own streaming service as well, you know I, the 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 deals and the way that Hollywood used to run are going to have to change. Streaming is going to be a bigger part, whether it's Day and day releases on streaming, whether it goes back to like a smaller window before it goes to streaming, but streaming is going to be a bigger part, and it's going to continue getting bigger by the way things look like they're going now. So those deals are going to have to change. And this deal, the this, uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney, could set so many precedents for what this could be, um, and what the industry is going to go is going to uh, be like going forward with deals like this when it comes to streaming and how streaming's factored in to a lot of these deals you know we we went from a time where um actors were paid based off their contract then we've we've moved from now you know especially if you're a bigger name or uh one of the, the main characters um in a movie that you're now you, you you get a percentage off the box office and so now with box office going you know not going away because i don't think it ever will but you know streaming cutting into that sum especially when you have day-in-day releases on streaming, it's going to continue to evolve. And this is one of the first huge cases of something like this. And, you know, of course it happens with like Marvel, which is one of the bigger brands. And that's why there's so many eyes on it. But Disney is a is one of the big, biggest companies out there. And so all eyes are going to be on how this um, shakes out. And it could very well be that they settle out of court. We could, you know, after this die down, we could not ver- hear m- very much about it. And then they kind of figure it out and move on. But this could get uglier. And it could go on for a while and it could have effects, long lasting effects on the industry. And you don't see very many cases or instances like that. So people are interested in it. So I guess we'll continue to monitor and see how that goes for Now, getting out of like that type of thing, um, we got two sequels that were announced. Um, we're well, not really announced, but they have they are reportedly in development. The first one up is Chronicle, a sequel to Chronicle. Chronicle was a was one of the best examples of what found footage could be at a time where like found footage was, and still is mainly used for horror films. Chronicle came about and, and brought it into the superhero genre. And it wasn't a licensed, uh, a existing property it was completely um, built. I think it was written by Max Landis, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, it was owned by Fox. And then, so now that 20th century studios, no longer Fox studios um, is owned by Disney um, there, one of their executives came out and said that you know it's, it's honestly been one of their more profitable films, especially considering how much um, how much money it was made for, and then how much money it generated there after the fact. So you know it's it's surprising that the sequel didn't come right afterwards because at least from my perception and pers- yeah my perception or my memory, it seemed like Chronicle was a huge hit. Now I wasn't watching box office as much back then. I wasn't as you know. You know, and it's still I'm still not even I'm not like this huge box office girl who knows how everything works or anything like that. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But I think, um, you know, just just that you, you would think that it would have got kind of greenlit in into production. Now, Mac Landis did come out and say at one point that, you know, the reason why he didn't do the sequel is that Fox wanted to do the same story. Not the same story, but they wanted to tell the story of a new group of kids who got powers and everything like that. And this, and I can understand. You know, he said we already did that. He wanted to tell something more interesting. Now, this, at least what's been come out, it said that they it's going to focus on a female lead, um, who and a new group of people who do get the power. So, kind of what we heard years ago before when Max Landis came out and said he didn't want to work on it. But um, I think now because of the time that it's been since the, that original film, that it kind of makes more sense to 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 start new characters because this could be a franchise. So, you know, it it could be difficult to. Come right back in and pick up a story that happened. What was it seven eight years ago Chronicle came out if not more um but uh Chronicle came out in in two thousand and twelve, so that was nine years ago. so it makes sense that you wanna start with new characters or whatever else now how that does they do they bring back the uh the last character who was left in the original movie in some shape form or fashion? They very well could be, but I understand it more now, considering the time that has has been between this of why you would uh go ahead and, and decide to go for it with new characters i understand it more in this case but chronicle was a really good film a great film in my opinion and you know it it, it i'm I'm glad to hear that the, that the property isn't dying and especially considering like what superhero has has have what they've become since then like that was before the mcu blew up that was before a lot of things so um What Like the fact that people love superhero movies and the if they decide to keep the found footage type style could really be huge. A last thing that we have on the news today, that's real still, too, is a possibility. And, you know, it got compared to Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Uh, It was a film that had a lot more heart than what it looked like that I uh, had thought it was going to be when I saw the original previews. And, you know, starring Hugh Jackman, I wouldn't mind seeing a preview to that. Uh, i mean a preview a sequel to that at all it's just again it's another one of those cases where it's been so much time between what does that really mean like how how do you how how do you for me when you bring back these franchises when these franchises are brought back after years of not having a sequel sometimes it feels like a cash grab now if they have somebody and it's the original writing team and they have an idea that they're super passionate about then i think it could it could be just as good as the original and i just hope that in in like IPs and, you know, these studios always trying to go back to old IPs or things that they've done before is that the the passion in the story is there first and foremost. And that's what's at the head. And then we'll see how everything shakes out from that. But let me know how you guys feel about the news, how you feel about the last two topics with Chronicle 2, Real Steel 2 being possibilities. We're gonna go ahead, we're gonna get into a break. We're gonna play part of the trailer for the Suicide Squad from James Gunn. And I'll catch you guys on the other side of that with my thoughts on that film. Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. I'm not joining your suicide squad. We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Waller said maybe you could help me out. You're, You're in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't... Stand down! Her. I wouldn't take such extreme measures. If this mission weren't more important than you could possibly imagine, are you in? Or out. Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my head, on my head. Hey, guys. Sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan Hound. Oh, my God! Is it a werewolf? Yo, they sat me next to a werewolf? Yo, let me out! Hey, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but you know. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. If there's any connection? No. Okay. So we're back. If I did my job right, I, I miss JB saying that. Um, if, I, if I did my job correctly, that would have been the trailer for the Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad. And so this is one of those reimagining while still being a sequel or not being a sequel. Like the, 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 the conversation that has been a little misleading because I believe Jay, James Gunn has said that it's not a direct sequel, right? But you have a lot of the same characters played by the same actors. Um, kind of acting a little differently. So they're portrayed a little bit differently and written a little bit differently. Um, so th- there's a, there's a lot of that going on. Like, what is this? But nonetheless, whether it's a sequel or anything, um, most of you guys probably know the story at this point, James Gunn, after he was fired from guardians of the galaxy three and before he was rehired, agreed to do, you know, he came to terms with Warner brothers in DC. They basically told him he can do whatever film he wanted to. And he chose to do the suicide squad. And <sighs> this is we'll get into spoilers towards the end i'm going to try to save spoilers to the end right um what i will say about this is that this movie takes kind of your expectations and it's the the way that this movie starts off you know you're going to be in for a ride and something different in the superhero genre and i loved it is where like the original suicide squad kind of felt a little restrained this one immediately let you know don't worry about any of that and i loved where it started off from this and i think you know like that set the tone um but as much as like what's going to get a lot of notice is the gore the the rated r the cursing um the, the vulgarity you know the brutality in some scenes this movie has a lot of heart i would say that almost every character has a an arc that you understand you get in their head you understand how they feel why they are the way they are, how they got here to a certain degree. And I don't mean by like, you get their full backstories fledged out, but I mean the people, the person who that character is supposed to be, you understand there's a humanness about this film. Whereas like, I think the original Suicide Squad, you know, regardless, we're not going to get into the whys and, you know, that was taken away from the director. And, you know, I think they had like a, a, a trailer company cut the actual full movie, but there's such a heart to this film. Even somebody like King Shark, polka dot man um everyone rat catcher 2 amazing story there i um, mean then of course you have the main characters you have uh well uh, john cena was just funny as hell there for anyone who like is a fan of guardians of the galaxy or slither which is a james gunn film and it's it's different from all those i think too in a way that james gunn knew what he wanted to do with this movie he knew what he wanted to do he knew the story that he wanted to tell and the characters that he wanted to tell that story with um and I think the beats of this film just the way that everything kind of works out there are there are distinct arcs in this movie now I will say I didn't like some of the stuff they did with Harley Quinn there's like this whole brief side story before while she separated from the team before she comes back in I didn't really care for that as much because I just just for me I I, I guess I kind of get what they're doing but like We've kind of seen all this with Harley before. Like, it's, it's like it's a, it's a love story. Somebody being infatuated with it. And to me, it's just like, we don't need to do that with this character. This time, like, we've told that story. Um, but I think that outside of that, I really didn't have many problems with this film. Now, is it a perfect film? No. Like I said, it's, it's nothing earth shattering. It's not one of the best comic book movies of all time. It's just a really great, fun action movie. It's like the a mix between The Dirty Dozen and Deadpool. Um, I guess is if you wanna kind of if you want need comparisons or whatever. But so Idris Elba's character, you know, he was he was replaced, he was replacing Will Smith. Originally they were gonna have him play um Dead Shot, but then they decided to change it to Bloodsport. That way they can use Will Smith in the sequel if he decides to come back. But you know, there's something about his character that to me feels so I don't know how much of Idris Elba's own personality was brought on this because like you like deadshot in the original was very straightforward cut and dry to a degree and i don't mean that in a negative fashion i just mean that was just the character he was focused Bloodsport, on the other hand is has some very silly moments like there's this whole story being told of him being terrified of rats and him trying to explain it and like even the scene that he's introduced in and him just not wanting he's kind of over the shit then he has like this darker side he goes to when his daughter's involved he has this argument with amanda wallace um waller the wall whatever um and so it is a gr- like I, what they i love so much his character and i would go on to say that he's probably my favorite character out of the, either of these movies and that's even over harley quinn harley quinn is fun i love the way she's used in this like i said outside of that one thread but he has this like rivalry with peacemaker who's john cena's character and like there's this whole scene that they go through and they're like having this this competitive type thing and like trying to one up each other and it was like in, while you're in the movie, in the middle of a brutal movie, um, like I said, a, a vulgar movie, a very adult the type story. And you have like these these two men that are just devolving back to boys on the on the schoolyard. Who's better than like you almost expected them to have an argument about my my dad whoop your dad's ass. Like it was great. It was really, really good. Um, uh, Rat Catcher 2, her story you know, uh, that's being told with her father and everything while it, it doesn't take up a hue. And that's the thing with this is that this film, they did not b- spend a lot of time like over explaining people's people's backstories. You, you kind of understand who these characters are and it gets fleshed out naturally over the course of this movie. And they do a lot of this thing where it's not told to you. It's just shown even with King Shark, a lot of the stuff with King Shark and you'll see it in the trailer, like it's funny, don't get me wrong, but you kind of get in the head of King Shark throughout this film you kind of understand he just kind of wants to belong to something he's like this this super powerful with being with like this mind of a kid and he's so like intrigued by things that it just it stands out this movie was it's it's a it's a really really good film it really and i don't like i said i don't just because i don't it's not perfect but i don't have a lot of issues with it at all like i said this is one of those movies that i really feel like you know what you're getting into and they give you that they give you that but then, then that added layer of really adding depth to it really, really brought it home to me. So now that's kind of my overarching thoughts. I really do enjoy this film. If I had a rank it right now, I'll just say out of, out of five, um, it's easily three and a half, four for me. Um, and again, I know people like for anyone who listens to, how do you give this a four and that not like, because of the, it, I, my rankings are all based on, you know, that film and the type of film that it, that it gives like, like, so th- that being said, now, if you don't want spoilers, this is where you can stop because I'm about to jump into spoilers right now. This film starts off with the 18 being completely slaughtered and massacred. We, I don't even know if we make it 10 minutes into the film before you have seen the whole first group of the Suicide Squad minus Rick Flagg completely murdered in brutal ways. Like, it's nothing that is just like, oh, there's an explosion. Everyone died. Like, you get fucking, uh, one guy gets his face shot off kind of initially to start everything off. There's uh, uh, Nathan Fillion's character who like detaches his arms and send them off. Like his arms are getting shot up and he's laying on the ground screaming in in agony and pain. Uh, Captain Boomerang, who was in the last film, gets completely obliterated by um, by a helicopter and and propellers. Uh, Mongal gets, like, these characters get completely destroyed and ravaged and it's fucking amazing and like you have Michael Rooker's uh, character I'm sorry I I lost the character's name that he's just sitting there and he's initially looking at this like you guys are all amateurs and he's just watching all this death and destruction around him he just goes off yelling and then Amanda just Viola Davis's character just blows his fucking head off like that happens all in like the first like I said 10 to 15 minutes of this movie if it even takes that long and it sets the fucking tone amazingly now the story that the overarching story is that Task Force X, the Suicide Squad, is sent in to Project Starfish, which ends up being Starro, and um, you know, Star was being experimented on. And even Starro, they even at towards the end of this movie, when he's di- like you understand his pain, his agony. Like he was drifting off into space, minding his own business, where he was found and then experimented on. And then at the towards the end, when he's dying, he was like, I was at the most peace. When I, I was fine drifting in space, just looking at the stars. Like the 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 character that they give all these people, Polka Dot Man. You you find out like his he was experimented uh, on to become superheroes, and he has this trauma from his mother, and like he envisions the people he kills as his mom. And there's this hilarious scene where he envisions. His mom is, Starro being his mom when Starro was huge and stuff. And it's, you understand it. And it sucks that he died too. Like he finally dies, accepting like I am a superhero. And then he immediately dies. Uh, and that sucks. Rick Flagg, fucking murdered by Peacemaker. John Cena's Peacemaker in this. And this is what I'll say. John Cena, if you ever expect John Cena, I I, I don't. I don't see John Cena ever being a leading man, even in action films. He was used perfectly in this. His delivery of certain lines and this dry humor, it's very much, I would put like some of his humor is similar to like the way Drax is written, but not, um, I don't want that don't go into with that expectation, but he delivers it so fucking well. This was like a perfect role for John Cena and even him. Like he has this like code where he respects people, but he will murder anyone if that's his order. And like, he's true. He doesn't want to murder Rick flag. But he does because it's need to. It's part of his mission. He doesn't want to. He's about to shoot Ratcatcher. He doesn't want to. Um, I love just how they laid everything out for everyone. The only character that I would say didn't really have like an arc as far as like us understanding them more as a person was Harley Quinn. But that's because we have. Had her in two other movies, I think. Like, she didn't really need it. We understand who Harley is at this point. Um, And, you know, I mean, she does have, like, she, so what I was alluding to before, there's this whole side story. She was part of the original group that completely got slaughtered. She did not get killed. Um, She gets captured. Uh, The president of that country, for lack of a better words, wants to take him as his wife. She actually, like, spends a day with them and everything. And then once she finds out he's murdering kids, she shoots his ass. She murders his ass. Um, Because she said that, you know, after Joker, any red flags, she's going to do what she has to do. So any red flags, red flags, did I say red flags? But so that's how uh, like stuff goes. This movie was fucking phenomenal. And I just, I enjoyed it so much. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's a movie where you are, are there to see people be murdered and slaughtered and you get these, this character development that wasn't expected. James Gunn did a great job at telling a story here and building characters and this is and this is why for anyone who says like immediately there's too many characters in this movie it all is about the execution of it and James Gunn has shown that he can do the execution of having a bunch of different stories as you have to balance the plot all between and they they all have to have their moments just a great film great I film, already gave my rating that's it that's really my thoughts completely on this movie you guys let me know how you thought about Suicide Squad those are my thoughts I'm going to get out of here. You can go ahead and follow us at The Film Frequency. You can join the Facebook group, The Film Frequency. Um, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, TheFilmFrequencyPod at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes, at CEO H A I Z E. I'm out this bitch. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break